0: predator of the bat is it is it is it a clown
1: um i would say so you've never been in like central park and you've never seen a clown just take down a bat like clowns (laughs) they come out with like a big net they come out with a car there's like eight of them just to capture like one soft little like crunchy mammal boy
0: <laughs> yeah you, you you know you make some good points but but I don't think that's it. I I think could it could it be a penguin?
1: Yes. Yes. They're both extremely um blubbery arctic creatures. Um bats don't like top hats. Bats don't like monocles. Um that makes sense. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. We'll
0: but it. but you know a lot of people argue that You you know, the natural predator of the bat could be an owl, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, I think that's
0: right. So I got a question for DC Comics. Why the hell did it take almost a century for them to get to that? (laughs)
1: That's a damn good question.
0: Welcome to Recommended Reading with Jackson Heyman. I am Jackson Heyman. This is a little weird for the episode because right before... We started recording. The arm that was holding up my mic, uh, collapsed. So, I apologize for the the change in audio quality, maybe. I don't know. I haven't heard what this sounds like yet. But, yeah, we're talking about Batman. We are finally talking about the Cape Crusader himself. And I don't think I could have picked a better guest to talk Batman with. Um... Uh, one of my um, best friends, um, he we met at a summer theater camp where all he did in 2013 <laughs> was talk about Batman, <laughs> and I just made him choke. It's Charlie Couture.
1: Yo, 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 yo. Um, I started reading comic books right when New 52 um, was, like, just ugly, flopping itself out into the comic world. Um, Mm -hmm. So I would go to, uh, shout out to the source comics and games in in Roseville. Uh, Yeah, shout Um, out to the source.
0: I was just there yesterday. Um, Nice. Hi. Uh, I comment a lot. (laughs) Um, Where does this go? Shout out to the source. Um, Yeah, you were like one of the first people I ever met that I really like started talking comics with
1: yeah same same definitely and somehow we found like this this accidental trio of like extremely nerdy friends through theater camp and like that would never happen
0: yeah um, shout out to nathan uh nathan nathan (laughs) greg we miss you
1: nathan greg sketch comedian in missouri (laughs) that's like its own batman like origin like villain origin but yeah, I would go to the source like every Wednesday or every other Wednesday and get this like massive pull list that I would always have to like put a couple back. Um, my parents would drive me and um, I started reading Batman um, right when um, Scott Snyder was like dipping his toe in um, when they were doing, um, what is it? Black Mirror? No. Um, no, I think it is last- Black Mirror okay um but yeah it's like the last batman story before they flipped over to new 52 um and it might have been for detective comics now i'm being a terrible batman historian um but yeah they they were giving all of these like super big names the restart everyone knows about new 52 right
0: um, um, yeah, we, we should probably just explain it a little bit, too, uh... And,
1: yeah, I, I feel like Batman is one of, like, the stories that people actually enjoyed from New 52, and that's uh, why, we're talking like, about,
0: I uh, Scott Snyder's so Batman, hard. uh, New 52 yeah. run, yes, yeah. uh, I'll just say that right now. Scott and Greg. Uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, um, gotta also shout, shout out the rest of the team who worked on this first story arc, uh, The Court of Owls, um scott snyder was writing it greg Capullo did the art um jonathan Glapion is the inker um fco is the colors letters by richard starkings and jimmy Betancourt. uh just gotta shout them all out they did they all did a really good job with this this is the first time i've ever read any of scott snyder's batman
1: that's crazy but also like What's weird is that I wanted to read through at least like the first two trades. Um I have all the issues, but I can't read those because they're in hermetically sealed bags. Um but then I almost always have that first volume like lent out to somebody, and so I don't I don't have it. Um I have I have a graded number one. The the number one issue that I bought when I was um thirteen. Oh um, I got it graded. I was selling at a con. Um, I was selling my art stuff two or three years ago, right before pandemic times. And um, Scott and Greg were there uh, signing stuff. And so I brought my comic to see what would happen if it got graded. I got it signed. I sent it off. And then I want to say in February or even like really early March, um, it came back in the mail graded. And I got a 9.8 on that sucker. And Whoa that's how i earned my spot to host um or uh to to guess the show yeah but yeah that... i i am like constantly enamored with um their their team up and so is dc i guess like dc every scott and greg batman story seems like it's their last one and then they do some spin-off universe and then that gets like a tie-in and then like whatever like it blows up as an action figure and then they'll do like four more
0: yeah these these two have been like the darling boys of the batman side of of d of dc for like oh a decade at this point because 52 launched in 2011 as like this big relaunch new timeline of the entire dc universe everything got a new rebooted origin story Basically a way to try and get new readers to come on, which... Because I also started reading comics around this time, and I yeah, was like... Yeah, I'll always
1: have a soft spot for it, where, like, I feel Marvel was doing these little reboots every, like, two to three years. But, like, I don't know. They, like, they mostly start over at number one, like, almost every time they get a new writer-artist duo. Yeah. So when I started reading, like, I was reading Captain America and Batman and Walking Dead and batman like 2011 is technically the volume two but then captain america was on volume like six or seven Mm -hmm. at that time like they'd started over at number one over and over and over and like yeah there were marvel seemed messier at the time but now dc is like this big like flaming like it's like the couch you throw out the window you're just like oh that's really exciting I don't know if I want to be near it, but this is kind of neat. Like, I've never seen them, like, I don't know, especially when you get into all the Doomsday Clock stuff. But that is. Doomsday Clock is weird.
0: Let's not talk about Doomsday Clock. Uh, (laughs) Where New 52 was like this straight up reboot, Uh, what they're doing right now is like, it's like every timeline is canon, everything happened, even the things that contradict each other.
1: Yeah, which, which is an interesting way to play it. Like, it's cool that they don't have to, um, what's the phrase? They don't have to go back on anything. They don't have to retcon. Yes. Um, because it's all, like, like retconning itself. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. But, but yeah, like, they, I want to say that Scott and Greg set out to, um, like, re, I don't know, standardize, um, like, Detective Batman. Um, they wanted to make Bruce Wayne vulnerable because like why else do you like batman you like watching him like get his ass beat for a second um and then conveniently concoct his like his escape plan um they didn't want to bring joker into it immediately but like they only made it i guess they made it a full like 14 or 15 issues before going into death of the family right which is a great joker run um but yeah they um this new villain they came up with um has definitely found its way into like in in my opinion like modern classic batman it makes more sense as an adversary um it ties into a similar sort of like they're a companion group almost to league of shadows yeah um and i'm excited that they're putting them in a video game because i feel like in a film it might be kind of wishy-washy or it might just feel like another like faceless assassin group um but i feel like in a a game um it'll be a really good setting for them but i would love to see like the talons come in um maybe it like i've heard so many rumors about this pattinson uh matt reeves bat film um all of which are hopefully true um but i don't know who you would cast as a Talon. i guess that's something that i'll have to come up with later i've got i've got a good core um group for that fan casting oh yeah Um, that's like all jackson and i used to do like jackson nathan and another friend of ours uh jonathan and i would just like shoot like fan casts into this facebook chat um about like oh maybe someday disney could team up with sony or disney could team up with fox and now we're on the the monday after this spider man movie has come out and that's all i have to say um we're in exciting times
0: we're in a disney weird buy... exciting time to be a comic book fan but also just not a great time to watch like a corporate monopoly take over all yeah that's what i was property. gonna say it's
1: like disney is gonna buy apple and then disney apple is gonna buy the gas companies and then they're gonna poison the water supply um and that's another batman origin story
0: it's a, it's a hellscape we're living in, but I'm glad we have stories like this to yeah. keep my mind off of it. So before we get like into the meat <laughs> of the story, uh, I want to talk a bit about like Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. Like, for sure. Cause before this, they were really doing like horror comics. They were like, yes. Scott Snyder was doing like American Vampire. Oh my Capullo God, was so the good. artist on Spawn for the longest time.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know, it's seemingly, like, Batman should take a bigger horror direction, and that's another thing they talk about this Pattinson movie, about how it's supposed to be, like, a thriller, um, or, like, a, a David Fincher movie, and, yeah, like, I've always wanted something, like, visceral for Batman, and you got, like, you've got Scarecrow, and, like, Joker does go down, like, a lot of, like, insane torture paths, um, but I feel like Court of Owls genuinely is, like, this deep, like, deep, dark well of, like, I, I don't know. They send they send Bruce through the gauntlet. Like, literally, they, like, send him through this maze of, like... They put him
0: in a death Psychological
1: maze. history torture.
0: They put Batman in a death maze, and I was so excited.
1: And that's, like, that's, like, the fourth or fifth issue like it like it just like goes right into it um and it starts off as a pretty like run-of-the-mill detective story like a- every batman story has to start with like a voiceover and or i guess in this case like a a, a, a narration what do you i call do want to talk about
0: terms? that narration quick because yeah that was reading this for the first time that was an awesome way to like open this batman because it starts out as like this this Gotham is blank sort of narration.
1: And it's Yeah, it's like a it's like a journal prompt. Like it's yeah. like very true to to Bruce Wayne where he's like he's just, you know, Gotham is this living breathing like animal entity.
0: The book is like a celebration of Gotham, I think. Like it really leans yeah. into like Gotham history and the history of like the Wayne family and all these other, like, families and organizations that make up this crazy-ass city.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I like, like, obviously, now that we're going into, like, post... Um, I don't know what you want to call it. Post-Todd Phillips DC. That's... Like, I love that the Joker film embraces that Thomas Wayne is probably not a good guy. Oh, yeah. Um, Eat the rich. Um, But, like, I, I like... Yeah, I like that there's this deep, like mafia like five families like you've got um you've got the waynes you've got like the Cobblepots. you've got anyone who runs any of those big like industrial like the like like roman Sionis family um you could throw in now we've got like this other offshoot of wayne family that this story sort of gets into which i like i don't see it as a cop-out i see it as like a what if um how like i don't know they always want to tie in you know you have a missing family member or like i feel like marvel films went through this chain of like oh you had a secret brother you had a secret sister of course they're equally as powerful but evil um but it's like a big what if like the the way they go back through family history um the way that, um... Even, even how they, they tie it back to, like, to, um... They tie it to Dick Grayson, right? Or yeah, it... they do. Okay.
0: Because yeah, there's like a like bit Gotham at the very so end where, There's a bit at the very end where it's like... This Talon, this extremely powerful assassin that has been hunting Bruce, is a distant, distant relative of Dick Grayson, and that Dick was supposed to be, like a talon they were he was being trained yeah
1: yeah and it it totally makes sense like i i could buy it i never i don't think about the court of owls every time i think about um dick grayson but i do feel like it's a cool what if and like that's what you want after like a 75 plus span of new villains like you just want a, a really cool like a what if Um but over time I feel like, yeah, like Scott Scott and Greg have brought their way like fully into like my headcanon. Um, but it's still like a weird thing. If you bring up talons or if you bring up the Court of Owls, some people just have no like clue what that is. And that's that's okay. Um, because that means they can read this for the first time. Um it's tricky. They love like very intelligent, like circular storytelling. Mm -hmm. um, a la a ryan johnson that might be controversial um but i i love um i don't know comics are a way better place to insert those like little touches and little like motifs plot devices yeah um then i I don't know i don't think you could do batman any other way like film is good um but it's all about like how much you can control right like i i think animation and like stop motion are a better um storytelling uh vehicle because you can control like every single piece of a frame and you don't have to like work with actors to bring like your your vision into it and so i feel like this detective batman works so well with those like those little missing pieces and it's such a good reread um hopefully i did an okay job of explaining what i'm talking
0: well, it's, we're, we're sort of just going fast and loose with this, but, like, yeah. it is, at its core, like, a detective story, and yeah. that I think that's what I like a lot of, a, a lot of, like, Batman stories don't really, they, they miss that. They, like, I, I will say right now, I, I, in the last episode, I went on a tirade about Frank Miller, and how okay. I, don't, and how I don't really care for the Dark Knight Returns and yeah and i think part of that is like that is not a detective story
1: it is no like it's pretty and i mean i guess like batman isn't thrown like a, a trail to get onto whereas that's more like batman has to catch all of these like new threats whereas like i think um like court of owls and like knight of owls is a more like millary like big suit punching things taking on these big armies like you know it's the the unstoppable object immovable or unstoppable force immovable object batman whereas this is like its it's a really good slow burn that just drags bruce into like the depths of what he doesn't want to face about about gotham about his immediate family um and it's a it's an extremely worthy adversary right away And then you look at the Joker and you're like, oh, this is just some skinny, crazy, like terrorist, and why would I want to go back to that? Like, Court of Owls is such a solid threat that it almost like spoils like a regular standalone like super villain. Yeah. Or like a villain with like a title like that, where it's like the penguin, the joker, yada yada. Whereas like I don't know, it's this it's this ancient evil, right? Am with I giving the court, away with, too much? I don't I don't think so. No,
0: with the with the Court of Owls, they do they introduce like one of the scariest tropes, for me at least, that any like piece of media can do is like and and they introduce like this secret society of people yep. in faceless, eyes wide shut masks that have always been there and like control everything. And they've been so good at like hiding themselves
1: right and it's like it's like obviously bruce wayne knows everything right like that's a that's a, something that you have to kind of accept about the writing is like i don't even know if you want to call like you can't call bruce a mary sue but like you you know that he's batman and just the like saying that he's batman as an explanation for everything is kind of a standard and i feel like scott and greg show you more of like the cogs working in his mind especially when you go into um later after that joker story so this is like two or three years into their run they did an amazing uh job with um zero year but zero year is like um uh, i don't know what i would um compare it to it's like it strips everything down there's a huge power outage in gotham city and gotham Stays in power outage um, for a long time, which is like a pretty classic like Batman, you know, you isolate the island of Gotham. Um, so I guess No Man's Land does that. Um, Dark Knight Rises does that in a different way. Um, but this is like a jungle, like Last of Us type, like Gotham City. The city's just been like sitting and rotting, and all of this greenery has returned. And obviously, with greenery, you get the Riddler. Riddler um, riddler's testing him in similar ways and batman has like no electricity he has no bat cave and so like he you know every time he uses something from his tool belt it's the last time he can use it or he has to like almost um like recycle these elements and he has to like he has to build from the ground up again and i feel like that's something that they try to keep um at the heart of it occasionally scott and greg like a cool mech suit but who doesn't um who who next doesn't, love doesn't really come into Court of Owls, but it definitely comes into Night of Owls. Yeah. Um did you finish that um that like second
0: volume? Uh no, I have only read Ooh. the uh first like seven issues that are in this court of owls trade. It's See, is... that's really exciting. It's so crazy coming into this as like a new reader for the first time who's like I've never like, I've heard so many things about Scott and Greg's yeah. run, and, like, I've heard things about the Court of Owls, and I knew bits and pieces of the story, but, like, it, it's just so much more interesting, like, reading it. And, like, you were saying, like, Batman knows everything. And yeah. I think that is, like, the conflict of these, of this first, like, chapter of the story, where it's, like, Batman knows everything. He knows Gotham. He knows his city. Yeah. These people are coming in to tell him he doesn't know
1: everything. For sure. And, like, I... I feel like that was, like, the... Back in the day, you... You watch TV as a child, right? And they have these trailers for books that you're gonna buy at the Scholastic Book Fair. And it sounds like such a basic-ass, like, interpretation of, like he hasn't seen everything yet and i remember like listening to i want to say there's a really good episode of like fat man on batman um where he's interviewing scott snyder and i think it's before they even have gone into their joker run i think they're just starting to like announce that they're gonna do joker their way but um i i don't know i think i think scott snyder really likes to um I want to know what his, like, his mapping out a story process is like. I feel like he has to have a complete, like, end and then, like, tear it up and move the pieces around. Like, he must have this perfect end goal, um, and then he must just write in these, like, beautiful, like... I don't know, the, the, the personality, like, does it come from Scott Snyder? Is Scott Snyder, like, secretly Batman? Or, like, I i just don't know how he brings this like humanity to bruce wayne um so easily that like normally i feel like is unearned um right away they show the the whole bat family is there they're getting ready for like a party or like some sort of gala or whatever bruce wayne thing um and so they show like they show everybody they show like Dick and jason and tim and i think even damien's yeah, Damian's there. there and damien's in like a little tux and um yeah i feel like i don't i don't know if they had their entire run of like 52 issues mapped out um but i think it really does work well as an open to close like like read it straight through batman story that you don't really get that satisfaction out of from every run like people will just hop in there's not a, like, a, a through-line story. And then they get out after, like, seven issues or whatever. Like, whatever you want to call, like, a standard comic story run. Yeah. Um, and so it's so cool to see them, like, challenge themselves through the run. And obviously, like, you can kind of see DC, like, collapsing and rebuilding itself through their whole, like... I, I think they made it 52 issues, like, five years. Um ish i guess if it's one once a month um but yeah. yeah like they kind of ignore everything else in that universe like i don't think that you could fairly say that like the the batman in the 52 justice league is the scott snyder and greg batman i um, don't think he's so. different i i he's different and i like that
0: i so because coming from someone who i i was reading new 52 stuff at the time i was not reading like Batman, I was reading, like, Green Lantern, and
1: yeah. and uh, the
0: main J- JLA book, and also Justice League International. Um, oh, shout, yeah. Shout out to um, the writer of that JLI book, uh, Dan Juergens, uh, Minnesota native. Um, I loved
1: it. Dan <laughs> Juergens and I are Facebook friends. What? <laughs>
0: uh, you're telling me... I have known you for almost a decade, and you are telling me just now... <laughs> <laughs> Your you are Facebook friends with creator of my favorite DC character of all time, Booster Gold.
1: It's been a long time since I've seen Dan. Him and I, we've never sat down for lunch or anything. But yeah, he, um, you know, he does as many of those, like, very down to earth. He does, like, the real shows. Like, he'll go to, like, a, a Wizard World con or one of those big, like, touring commercial names. Um, but he really does, like, take joy um in going to smaller shows like you do you do like a vfw and the table costs 25 bucks for two days and you get a free hot dog or something you know like dan jurgens loves um like talking to people meeting people he's very polite he always has a nice sweater on um he's got great glasses um and yeah he says hi to everybody like everyone's like oh what's up dan and you're just like walking down while you're trying to load all your shit together And he'll, like, give you encouraging advice. Um, He sits at his table, and he's just drawing and drawing and drawing. He has a massive portfolio. Um, If you do get a chance to see him now that we're in, like, second round of winter pandemic, um, I don't know if he's made it out to a lot of local shows since COVID. I haven't seen him. Um, But he's a fantastic personality. Um, Um, And he's so humble.
0: Yeah, I want to... I want a quick tangent about Dan Juergens, um <laughs> cuz like well a man of the people Dan Juergens right there he he seems wonderful um his uh, JLI run was great for like yeah. however many issues that lasted before they canned it. Um,
1: and he's he's a writer illustrator. If you didn't know, if people didn't know that, like yeah. he works really well as a penciler and an inker.
0: He's um, currently writing and I believe uh, drawing um, uh, Blue and Gold for DC, which is uh, which is sense. Blue Beetle Booster Gold. Um, te- it's the Ted Kord Blue Beetle. Um, Basically, Booster wants to become an influencer, and it's the two of them trying to figure that out. And yeah. it is delightful. It is wonderful. Um, Dan Jurgens, Did if you, you ever want to come on the podcast, I will gladly have you.
1: <laughs> yeah, they, I I don't know. I'm excited to see Blue Beetle hit mainstream. Yeah. Maybe you don't want it to be as mainstream as you think it does, as as you think it should be, because then you get the like the problem of like too nerdy. For mainstream but too mainstream for nerdy people you get like the ryan reynolds um green lantern problem yeah but the booster gold movie is um now coming out in theaters and not just hbo max oh, right? the blue they beetle just announced movie. that the other day yeah that is big, big
0: news uh i am Gift so happy trend. i'm glad i'm glad like the blue beetle that they're bringing to like mainstream audiences is jaime reyes um yeah I'm I'm really glad, I'm really happy that that's who they're going with because I, I think Ted Cord is my favorite Blue Beetle, but Jaime has like the most dynamic story, the most very interesting supporting cast.
1: For sure. And like, yeah, he was the one that I think I was introduced to because I was introduced by watching Batman the Brave and the Bold.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this, <laughs> is, this is one of the first things we bonded over. How much both of us love the late 2000s Batman, the Brave and the Bold.
1: Iconic. Diedrich Bader is a great Batman, and I would love to see him do, like, some darker renditions. But I think he just came back to do uh, more voices. Maybe I'm wrong. He, um, if you don't he know did Diedrich Batman Bader,
0: in the uh, Harley Quinn HBO Max series.
1: Oh, yes. That's a great show.
0: It Great um, show. Um... But Batman Brave and the Bold, very distinct departure from uh Court of Owls and Snyder Capullo. It is Yeah, not the same. <laughs> it is goofy as hell. It is just so silly. And it really leans into like the silver age silliness of Batman.
1: Yeah, like smiling smiling blue Batman, for yes. sure. Um he also Dietrich vader played batman in the new scooby-doo batman special um he huh? also did voices for buzz lightyear of star command which i think is an admirable like deep cut
0: yeah um buzz lightyear He's... star command Diedrich vader voice of voice of warp dark matter um <laughs> he one of the best character names in any like piece of media just forever it's oh god i did not think we'd be tangenting about buzz Lightyear your star command today
1: yeah my apologies to um polite listeners who just want to learn about batman that's almost impossible it's almost impossible batman is too big um but yeah um i have no idea where we were
0: uh, where were
1: we um they they the... break batman down it's a good detective story um it is a good family story not in the way that his family is always included like it's not a huge like tie-in with like Batgirl girl and alfred and commissioner gordon and all of the robins um it brings in robin quite a bit um it's like it's an integral part of the story um but then death of the family is a way bigger tie-in where you get to see how um Snyder wants to, like, flesh out his Bat family. Right. It would be really cool to see him go off and do his own Barbara Gordon. Um, I don't think it would happen, but I think it would, like, it'd, it'd be a missed opportunity for them to not do some rehash. Not of, like, a killing It doesn't always have to be killing joke with Barbara Gordon. Um, but I, I just feel like she would click really well if they made... They don't have to even make, like, a new villain. They could do some sort of, like, I don't know. It's hard It's hard for me to even come up with what they would do because they come up with these, like, ridiculous, like, practical ideas. And you get almost, like, mad where you're like, why wouldn't I have ever thought of this? But now it seems so justified as a story choice and so, like, I don't know, like, cause and effect. Like, oh, yeah, that would, that would just happen. Like, Joker would cut his face off. <laughs> staple it back on like joker literally becomes the monster under the bed in that story run like he is he is a stalker in the dark
0: i will gladly have you back on to talk about death of the family because like having not read it myself i the only thing i know is joker cuts his face off and yeah everyone
1: it's actually professor pig um but that's yeah. Wait,
0: That's Professor Pig's story. in there? Never mind. Yeah, he, I he, love there's Professor something King. that happens
1: in Arkham, um, where I can't remember what. It's like Harley. I want to say Harley has something to do with it. I don't think it's her fault that it happens, but I want to say she she and Professor Pig are in some sort of tiff over something i don't know she's 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 a doctor she can figure it out yeah um i don't know if professor pig is actually professor do you
0: i don't think he is i think he's just a creepy guy in a pig mask who wants to make doll people
1: professor pig could totally like i like no one would ever give him an r-rated movie but it'd be cool to see him do like if he did a DC animated, like R rated spin-off of like Saw Batman, I'd be down. It's
0: Professor I feel Pig, Willy like is he's like meant for. it's like if John Kramer was in the DC universe, it is he's very much like a a Saw villain with even more like fucked up intentions.
1: For sure, for sure i but, didn't know we could drop f-bombs but i'll find a good uh a good point to bring that in later
0: <laughs> but uh but back to uh, the, the the podcast mar- is marked as explicit don't worry
1: oh okay darn
0: <laughs> but uh back to like the main plot of the court of owls um i think it's a really interesting like w- like reason why they go after bruce right now because like he for sure there's this, gala, there's this gala scene, and he goes in there, and he basically, like, announces his plans to, like, improve Gotham with, like, public transit, better housing, just making... He's got blue sky ideas for the city to, like, really make yeah. it a better place to live, but then the Court of Owls are like, uh-uh, we're, we're gonna send assassins after you.
1: Right. Like, they're, they're like, keeping their own version of like the piece right in this like deep richy rich cabal because before they come out in like these really cool like ninja owl suits they're just they're like you said like they they're like well dressed like fine dining suit and dress people with just these, like, plain white, like, cult masks, which is terrifying. It's scary. Um,
0: it's fucking scary.
1: And, like, it, yeah, it's, like, a really, like, haunting, like, I don't know. It seems like one of those, like, cursed old photographs that you, like, you find in someone's family album. And you're like, I'm just gonna put this back. I don't want to <laughs> open up this can of, like, whatever this, like, tantric sex cult whatever is happening underneath gotham city that's not really what i'm looking for i'll leave that be but like batman can't just leave anything be batman like i don't know it like it i don't think it's a retcon but it is like it's written in that like it's been haunting him for a while or like he's like even bruce wayne has kind of been not putting it off but he's like he does not want to get through this can of worms um
0: it sort of parallels like his story with like the story of his i think it's his great-grandfather alan wayne like yeah like alan wayne is this crazy old man built most of gotham city but then he starts getting super paranoid about the court of owls and dies in going down into the sewers and yes bruce's like obsession gets larger and larger and he dives deeper and deeper until he also ends up in the sewers in this crazy-ass death maze.
1: Yeah, and they do, um, one of my favorite- sometimes it can get really, like, really clunky, um, but they- they flip the- the panel layout a la, um, trippy Swamp Man- or Swamp Thing sex like i remember the first time i'd ever seen someone like take the paneling and turn it or like twist it um horizontal so you're reading or i guess you're you're reading the comic book hot dog instead of hamburger that's what they say in the in the industry um it's and like the more i
0: think about it because like when i first saw this i was like oh god you're gonna make me turn my book upside down
1: right it kind of takes you out of it but then when you're like when you're with bruce wayne and you're alone and like bruce wayne is do they drug him or is he just like hallucinating
0: i think it's like a bit of both because he's been down there for like months
1: yeah like bruce is just he's completely stuck um there are all of these fantastic like covers um for these issues too. And my favorite one is the, the cover where Bruce has turned into this like half screaming owl face. Yeah. And he's got these like glowing eyes and this big claw. And you can see that like, he's almost completely like lost himself. Um, and like, that's, that's what you want. You want to have like a broken Batman because like these things are bigger than Bruce Wayne. Like, like the court of owls has been around since colonial times. Um, And I feel like that's, yeah, like that's, like you said, it's a a good storyline for quote unquote right now where like a lot of people are coming to terms with like living on on land that's not ours and people are like, it's not even that these like public pieces of knowledge haven't been around, but it's like, oh, I don't really want to think about this because it'll make me feel guilty or it'll make me like uncover ugly truths about my family or like my my family backstory that's been like glorified and then you have to like pick out what's true and what you want to be true because if batman loses all of like the wayne family glory he wouldn't exist Mm -hmm. but then you you have to like yeah it's like it's the 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 ugly and inconvenient truth (laughs) Of this, like, rich owl cult.
0: It's... The the central theme is, like, progress versus maintaining the status quo. And yeah, I think that's such, like, an interesting way to go about it because, like, especially, like, at the time this was released, like, they had just completely rebooted the universe except for, like, Batman. Like, with, like, the continuity of the New 52, it was, like... Superhero started existing, like, five years ago. Like, this, this...
1: Yeah, this is a pretty new Bruce. And, like, Zero Year is, like, their version of, like, a year one story. Okay. So he's weak enough anyway, and then they strip him down. Um, But he's pretty, like, he's pretty established. He has the entire Bat family Which already, like, is kind like, of, set. like, my
0: biggest nitpick of, like, just timeline shenanigans sort of thing. Yeah. Because, like, I, I don't know how I feel about, like... Bruce training, like, four Robins, one of them dying and coming back to life, and then also having this whole group of people with him, too. Yeah, like, how is is
1: Damian Wayne already, like, a teenager? Yeah. If Batman has already been Batman, like, maybe, what, five years? Yeah. um, Give or take. Like, yeah. It's (laughs) It's weird
0: continuity hiccups that, like... I I can kind of forgive with this because, especially with Damian, there's that scene like near the end of like the bat signal gets destroyed because like bruce hasn't been around for a couple yeah. months and he's like get a new one now and it's like oh this guy is this this kid is scary but he loves his papa
1: yeah like i feel like damien has to be the most like bruce um i mean because a he is bruce's like flesh and blood but like like getting completely raised by him from ground up to be like the chosen one robin like he's genetically perfect and the only other only other like robin who really has it in him to get that like i don't know like not bitchy maybe bitchy bruce wayne can be like pretty like down on himself but obviously it's jason todd even though nobody wants to admit um like you have to have some sort of like Rudy moodiness like Mm -hmm. dick grayson earns it over time when he becomes jaded with robin but then continues to do the same things that robin does um but i feel like damien would be a great like twist adversary to like an old bruce wayne yeah um
0: i know they kind of do that in like the injustice universe i think yeah yeah this this weird fucked up version of the dc universe but like I would like to see Damien go full villain. I think it would be... For sure. I think it would be a very interesting take, even though he is my second favorite Robin.
1: Who... Are you a Tim Drake person? Or I a love Dick Tim Grayson? Drake. Yeah, and everyone... Like, you have to have a, a Robin who's just Robin, right? Yeah. Oh, God. Who's just
0: really good at all this detective shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, um black mirror the the batman story that i like got into it with now i don't have any of my black mirror issues i don't know why the hell i got rid of those but those like would maybe be valuable if i kept them as well as i kept my uh my new 52 number one Mm -hmm. but black mirror is all like a robin as batman story which is fantastic that's probably like one of the best detective batman stories okay um but it's a lot of like dick grayson is batman um it's not even like commissioner i want to say it's commissioner gordon's son oh um is this um new villainy role um i don't want to give too much away even though we've just kind of like gone through all of this this court storyline um but yeah like james gordon jr um is terrorizing gotham And it's another one of those, like, deep, like, callbacks. Like, anytime you do a sequel or anytime you do a reboot, it's like, oh, what if this character had kids? But um, I like the way that it reexamines where uh, it's like you have this trauma from having, like, a hero parent. Um, That last Jedi does really well and I'll die on that hill. That's right. Um, That's
0: right. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. But it. yeah,
1: like, um, yeah, it's a, it, it has to be as emotional of a story as, like, a physical, like, punch story. Um, and I, another really good detective story that I like is, um, Batman Broken City, which is, like, um, it's like a Brian Azzarello classic. Um, obviously, if you haven't read Gotham by Gaslight, oh, Gotham by Gaslight is amazing. Detective story, um, where, like, I, I don't know if I want to always have Batman transported into, like, a period piece, but I do like this, like, it's, like, it's, like, more in the, the book of it um, than the movies where they go and you go through all of, like, the microfiche and you see, like, you see these little, like, flickers of, like, of terror happening over time Where you can't just say, like, oh, the Court of Owls was an isolated incident and they all died. Where it's, like, you keep going deeper and deeper, and then there's a point where you can't research any longer, but you know they're still there. Um, and I feel like Gotham by Gaslight doesn't always have to be, like, Bruce Wayne in a time machine. Like, it could be some ancestor who's still also trying to fight the good fight against Mm -hmm. the Court of Owls. Um obviously long halloween is a massive like massive batman like story that i think has started to become like the modern like absolute favorite over anything that frank miller has written yep um i do like frank miller but it's like a separate like it's kind of a fluid like swaying universe you, you um because with frank miller, i think you really have to
0: like pick and choose what you like of his yeah for sure because like, like I, I
1: i do love year one i do like the finality that you get out of reading dark knight returns
0: i dark knight returns does introduce carrie kelly who i think is a great robin and i think is a great like interesting where take. is carrie kelly in
1: new 52
0: yeah where has she been who Where knows? is she ever uh, yeah <sighs> bring, bring back carrie kelly um honestly carrie kelly stephanie brown cassandra kane all these like other robins and Batgirls bring them back. Welcome back, everyone. Um that was a little that was a little bit of a weird um audio issue that we had. Um, but we are good to go now. Um where were we? Uh I think we're gonna just jump quick into like the final thoughts. Um this is no wait, wait, no. Sorry. I want to talk about the art. Greg Capullo's art, um, the only way I can describe it is, like, it's metal. Yeah. Not in, like, the Dark Nights metal metal, but it is just, like, this is, like, the shit you'd see on, like, an album cover.
1: Yeah, totally. Like you said earlier, like, he he did a lot of work on, like, horror comics. Not even all horror, like like, gore. But he knows how to give it that beautiful, like, flowy, um, I don't know, they they didn't want to use as much, like, black um, with their color work. And so he, like, he lends himself to all of this beautiful, like, open space for, like, even if you don't go black, you go to, like, these very muted, like, dark purples and blues and, like, really gross, like, murky dungeon colors, especially in this issue, um where like Bruce is the only thing that is black black like it's the classic like black batman with glowing white eyes which they need to do in a movie um but yeah the the art style is um it's not like overly textured it's not overly gritty um but it's not quite as like chunky and clunky as Frank Miller who we we were talking about um his Faces are pretty, like, I don't know, they're, they're expressive, and they're, like, instantly recognizable, which you really need in comic book, um, like, faces, um, any, any work where it's, like, characters recur, and you have to have the same rules for how you're, like, drawing them over time. Like, people, you know, now you have, like, character editors who are, like, this isn't what Bruce Wayne looks like to the brand, um, and you have to do all of this corrective work, um, but... Um, I love more than anything like these weird like structured panels Um, I can't remember who did the paneling Um, this first issue specifically uses these really tall like narrow like three or four like panels that are jutting down like diagonally across the page Um, and the way that Greg like pencils out if you follow his uh his instagram facebook whatever um he posts so much of his work in progress um and it's just these like wicked like messy i don't know like layers upon layers of like dusty gray pencil work um and it's so like i don't know what the my top power word is like flowy and goopy and that probably sounds terrible Um, when you're like thinking about like what you want out of a Batman story, like, um, I don't know. I'll try to find one of my absolute favorite shots is in a zero year. They do, um, this Joker red hood origin story, um, and the classic like Joker falling into the tank of acid. Um, but I'll try to find really exciting dead air
0: as you're doing this i will say um he knows how to like capture a mood like it's a it's a very moody book for sure it is it is scary at points and i think the use of color in and it's not just like this central color tone of like black and gray and these other dark colors there's like there's some bright stuff in here too uh the last couple of pages of this story, like, use this, like, very deep maroon, almost like blood red sky. Yeah. As, like, the court is sending this army of talons onto Gotham City. And it is scary. It's horrifying. And, like, I I know there are a lot of artists that I really think capture mood and tone and feeling really well. And I think Capullo is up there with some of the best.
1: I, yeah, I like every every single frame is like a dynamic action shot, or like even his architecture is really fantastic. Um, some people just want to do like a rectangular Gotham skyline, um, and like Scott. I don't know. Like Scott's Bruce is very like he's not he's not like skinny by any means but batman is like slim he's not like this giant like beeferson beef cake um but then when you put on the suit uh greg capullo's batman is all cape yeah. like the cape just like envelops everything where you think about spawn and that totally makes sense like um bruce's like actual physical form is not always important but you have to have this like gigantic like spiked out like sometimes tattered cape um the i don't know now i'm looking at some of his like the ink um ink no color and a lot of the times the only solid black is in that cape or it's in the cowl and everything else is like wide open spaces um with some cross hatching sometimes but he doesn't like overly fill um this space uh he really likes um he really likes direction i don't know how hard it must be to like cover some of this with text bubbles it's got to be like a painful process to like cut back
0: like there's um, so many panels here that i want like framed in my in my room yeah like, i want some of this art on my wall and like the the cover of issue 1 that classic like batman's fighting where
1: batman is just jumping into like every single like the rogues gallery
0: yeah and the cape is coming up as like this like one of those like parachutes that you would yeah that you would do in like elementary school gym class
1: yes totally yeah i i don't know i as someone who is an artist it's so hard to describe this art style um, it's not like, it's not like a, you know, standard, whatever, like big God, like Jim Lee stuff. Um, it's not clunky, like Frank Miller. Like it's very, um, I don't know. Sketchy is the right word for it, but it's like, he doesn't care so much about like every perfect line. He really likes putting in like, there are some crosshatch marks but it's kind of, like, it's loose. It, like, he really seems to be, like, a generous artist for his ink, or, and for whoever's, like, the, the colorist issue to issue. Like, I always associate these beautiful, like, full color spreads um, when I think about this Batman. And not so much about, like, faces. Not so much about, like, these big, like, bulky torsos. Like, Greg, um, I feel Greg with Spawn is such an important background where you get um everything has this massive direction like you feel the punches you don't have to do these like blocky like motion lines um even like the one of the darkest shots um that i can think of in the scott and greg batman canon um is where they're showing the joker um like coming out of darkness like his face is just coming out of some shadows um and that's one of the only times they use like pure black and it's not when batman is like you know pulling someone up from like a gargoyle or something um coming out of an alleyway like it's when they're genuinely trying to show like horror um they do it in court of owls um quite a bit when they're going into like they they go into this background that like flashback um with um Alan Wayne, right? And they're using all of these like um uh, yeah. do they go into like a like a monotone or not monotone um like a it's like a soft brown like grayscale old photograph.
0: Uh yeah, yeah. De- they they do that a bit. Um they they really play around with like the use of color and especially like what when, when Batman when Batman's in the Death May? Yes. Like the entire labyrinth is bathed in like this stark white light and like everything is white except batman and it's just such this incredible contrast when it comes to like
1: yeah and it's like that's a rule right is like if you're doing batman in a movie you never show him in the daylight like that's a thing that dc like executives care a lot about because he just looks goofy and you can't like I don't know. You can't brand it as serious anymore when Batman's not in like his home, his home stadium, um, nighttime. But then, like, yeah, I I don't know what else to compare it to. Where, like, if you show this this dude in a suit in broad daylight, especially if you take the cape away, which they do in Zero Year, where it's just he's just a man, he's just a torso. Um, yeah, I I don't know. I love how they frame Bruce. Um, I wish they had more time with these giant supervillains, um, but now they have Batman metal if you want to go crazy with it. Total other, like, other direction. Yeah. But, yeah, we love we love a good organized, like, composed mess. Um, motorcycles, machinery, swords, any of that, that's all, like, Dark Knight's metal. Amazing.
0: I know... An eventual part of this run it features Jim Gordon in a mech suit. Yes. And I'm just so excited to see where that goes.
1: Yeah. Um, I I always wondered why people didn't go that direction uh, with Gordon. Um, like Gordon as Batman because he's like the anti... He's not a foil, but like they, they have to like fill each other's like gaps Some people argue that Batman is just a super cop because he does things that cops like are not allowed to do. But then Gordon is also like this very, like, you know, he's, he's refined. He's, um, I don't know. He's not, he's not jaded, but he doesn't love like the position he's in, but he knows that if he leaves someone terrible will fill his shoes. And so he has to use Batman as like this tool. Um, but also, like, I don't know, now more and more in Batman, like, Gotham City, um, police, like, it's less, I don't know, back, even, like, the the Tim Burton Batman films, like, they show this sort of, like, decrepit, like, ugly, like, donut and coffee, like, corrupt cops, and now it seems like Batman is more working with police and less getting chased by them over time, um, and the cops are less criminal, but the the Batman Gordon dynamic like really gets looked at um, closely in those like post zero year issues. Um, it's not Future State because that's a different New Fifty Two tie in that sucked. Um, oh, but, oh wait, so
0: oh, hold on. Name clarification: uh, the New Fifty Two tie in you're thinking is Futures End. Futures End. Future- Future state, also I haven't read, and I've heard some people don't care for.
1: Oh God! See, that's how you know. Like, that's how you know you've gone to too many tie-ins. Like, I can identify all of the infinite crises, but I can't identify future DC universe because I just don't care.
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to know what these people are going to be doing like five years years in the future. I want to know what they're doing now.
1: Right. New Fifty Two is fine um batman beyond is fine um but like aren't all these people gonna be dead like there's gonna be some world-ending disaster that comes upon them like brainiac has to explode earth i don't know i don't see like a perfect world in the future
0: yep anyway Um, (laughs) on a, a great note to end on um final thoughts for like discussing the book um a great mystery a great detective story certainly horrifying at points yes i i am so excited to see where this run by snyder and capullo goes
1: same i'm excited to reread um and get back with a potentially more organized second half second episode (laughs) um i think it's a great jumping on point obviously with it being a number one they're trying to sell it off of it being number one but if you don't know where to start with batman it is a good jumping on point Um, it frames his universe really well. Um, it gives you something that you don't expect. Um, and it's not some like super villain that you have like a t-shirt of, like, it's not some like immediately recognizable, like, oh, that celebrity did that, which is cool when you get a Batman villain who hasn't been done over and over in live action or in something else. Um, so like before this Gotham Knights video game comes out, Court of Owls, is a comic-only villain, which is super cool. Um, And it's like, um, you know, you don't get a lot of first outings with a villain. Um, Modern time, like, I don't know, you can't go read the Joker's first appearance and be like, this is the Joker, I recognize. Like, he's, he's goofy, he's different, he's not a serial killer. He's like more of that, like, that man who laughs imitation. But... This Court of Owls is still the same Court of Owls that they would use. Like 10 years ago, isn't that much time to change something. Um, there's only been a couple, like Talon. Talon had a spin off comic um, that I did read that was pretty short. I think Scott Snyder also wrote it, or at least oversaw it. Um, but if you're reading New 52 Batman, you can just cruise straight through. Um, Now they have these beautiful blow-up books, um, like huge coffee table editions. They're very expensive, Um, but it's like it's almost in that same vein of Walking Dead where you can just take this huge like tome with you, Um, and it's it's so beautiful. Um, Highly recommend buying like the first two, and this is a, a, like we've kind of talked about it, but Court of Owls and Night of Owls um is like a two volume story arc that is continuous like it goes directly into the next um okay. so i would like court of owls leaves something to be desired if you just read it by itself you're like oh there's no resolution but court of owls is this massive like inhale and it's all of this like building action and this really intense like revolution for bruce and then night of owls is this super satisfying like beat-em-up um like bat cave gets infiltrated classic move um there is a mech suit involved um and there's this fantastic like one-on-one monologuing like night sky brawl um between bruce and this other unmentioned spoiler character um and so yeah you it is like for me it's a must read um it, it is like a modern classic. And even if you don't want to read um, this owl stuff, definitely go back and read like the black mirror storyline or even read, like, if you don't want just standard Batman, go read like Scott and Greg's insane um, like dark Knight's metal, or even like the Batman who laughs, like they will continually surprise you um, with making something that's 75 plus years old new again. And that's why like I think Court of Owls is like that great, like it is a good number one. Like DC did a good job for once with their new fifty two storytelling. Um mm-hmm. and and yeah, um it's it's a ten out of, ten out of ten. Ten out
0: of ten. That was very uh, smooth. We're gonna We are gonna quickly move to the last part of this episode. Yeah, the cast the comic segment, which we haven't done in a while because we've been just looking at characters. But now we can talk about who would you see as Batman in an adaptation of this specific story? For sure. Because I have somebody.
1: Okay. Um, this is wild. It might not be what you expect. Um, I was thinking about someone middle ish age. I don't like. Rest in peace, Army Hammer. Um, because Army Hammer is that young, suave dude. Like, this, this Batman isn't old, but he is fatherly. Um, if you shaved his face and you got him really, really, like, dappered up, I think. It would be so good to pull him back into the tortured uh, Bruce, but my pick is Joel Edgerton um, as as okay. Batman Bruce Wayne. Um, Dick Grayson, eh, I don't know. Dick Grayson is such a hard cast, which I feel like is why they don't choose him.
0: I don't think we. I don't think we found the perfect Dick Grayson yet.
1: Okay, what do you got?
0: Um, for my Batman, I. I think there is an actor who I've always wanted to see play Batman. Okay. Who has had a very storied career, who's getting up there in age, but I feel like it now is the right time for him to come in as Batman. Okay. I'm going to say John Hamm.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Totally. I know, like, everyone loves throwing that name around.
0: He could do the detective stuff really well, I think.
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. And obviously, like, he is Bruce Wayne in real life. Like, what can John Ham not do? It's amazing that he hasn't been, like, he hasn't taken on some comic character. Um, Coming back to Justice
0: League International for a second, like, if they were to adapt, like, a comedy-focused... justice league like some sort of like yeah group of weirdos much like the jli in the 80s um J- john ham would be like the perfect for sure straight man batman who can also get a little goofy
1: i story. yeah i think that's fair like he'd be a good like he'd be good at quipping for sure yeah. um but yeah do you have a do you have a dick grayson
0: i don't have a dick grayson I, okay
1: Cause we'll we can just flat you can always cast Timothy Chalamet as anything. Um I don't think Timothy Chalamet is old enough as Nightwing, but I think he is a good Dick Grayson Or like he's even a he would be a really good Jason Todd. Middle aged. Um I like I don't really <sighs> Brendan Thwaites? I don't know. Um, you have to find that perfect like twenty five year old who looks older who can be like angsty. Um, if this was twenty twelve, I would
0: have said Joseph Gordon Levitt.
1: Totally, like it. It is a missed opportunity to not do that. Like that fourth, fourth round, just to see him like try really, really hard. I yeah. want more Joseph Gordon-Levitt in life before he gets old. <laughs> like we have to preserve this young young lad even though like he's not as young as he used to be.
0: What's what's he been doing?
1: Looper was almost uh, I guess Looper was like 8 years ago. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, like that's crazy. And I guess that means also like um this year um 2022 the new year um Dark Knight Rises is Oh no, Looper came out in like 2011, right? So Looper is eleven years old, yeah. nearly. Jesus.
0: I think so. But yeah. And Dark Knight Rises is almost a decade old.
1: Talons, a lot of them like are faceless individuals. You could do Joel Edgerton and John Hamm in this movie, and have one play like this Talon um, brother from another mother, and one play Bruce Wayne. Otherwise, it they would be a really good pair to do like a Hush storyline Oh my um, god! yeah the hot take i was gonna it's not even a hot take but i just wanted to say i really want to see brian cox as the penguin because i've been on a succession oh. bender yeah. um but also yeah. i really want wallace sean as the penguin penguin has nothing to do with court of owls but i just wanted to say it um so i could say it somewhere um, where people will hear me
0: you know oh actually you you mentioned succession I think you could make an argument for Nicholas Braun as a Dick
1: Grayson. Oh my God. Okay. Damn. He'd be so big. Like he's so tall. Like, I feel like Dick Grayson has to be like, like wiry, but also like, I guess Nicholas Braun is wiry. You you wouldn't have to show that he's like this six foot five, like massive man. But that could be good. He's vulnerable. Um, Totally. Totally, totally. I would love to just watch a succession show with, like, the Bat family. Because they are rich, well-to-dos. Oh, my God, yeah.
0: Secretly. I would totally watch, like, petty drama of, like, this family of crime fighters.
1: Also, I I heard a Macaulay Culkin Joker rumor, like, a long time ago that I really like the idea of more and more. Um, Even Kieran Culkin would be a great joke, like interchangeably. Oh my God,
0: Kieran Culkin would be an amazing joke. And nowadays
1: they're saying that potentially um, Barry Keegan could be the Joker in this Pattinson movie or in the Pattinson like trilogy, if that is happening. Um, Apparently Warner Brothers is testing out a cut of the Batman that does have the Joker in it. And then they're testing one that doesn't. So it might be like an end reveal, like with Batman Begins, um, where they have to like soft introduce him. But I don't know. This is all conjecture.
0: I still think Paul Dano's not playing the Riddler. I think he's playing Hush.
1: That'd be sick. I'm down. Paul Dano could be an actually, he could be a decent, like some Robin in another like universe. Otherwise, like even like, like Richard Madden was just in Eternals. But I think Richard Madden has, like, the young old. Like, he could be a really strong Nightwing. Um, I don't know. Robin is a bastard to cast, I think. And, like, you could make people like Robin and like the dynamic. Um, But I think, like, you have to have this man-boy. And I think just going straight to, like, Titans-level Robin is the only way to play it. It's the
0: best. Era of Dick Grayson, like this Titans Nightwing, Dick Grayson. Yeah, but it's the it's so hard to introduce in like a cinematic sense.
1: Yeah, he's no um, he's no Batman and Robin. He's no Batman forever. We'll never get that again. It's not the same. Um, but oh, yes, on that note, um, I'll stop robbing you of all your time
0: oh thank you oh jesus thank you charlie for joining us on this episode um this was great we're gonna come back to batman sometime in 2022 oh just yes know it. um and uh goodbye everyone and remember um if you want to scare me jackson Heyman, throw me in a death maze yes goodbye everybody. <laughs> reading with Jackson Heyman’s theme music was written by Charlotte Rosenthal. Recommended reading with Jackson Heyman is produced by mythonomica Productions. Thank you for listening.